All right. Hello and welcome, everyone, to a little bit. I think this is week four in a row. We're setting records here for the new Monday Night Magic. Uh, I am your host, Tom. And actually, join me. We have a we have a crew today. This is Mafamia. I mean, this is like fast. I will say fast four. This is the fourth episode, so we're into the Fast and Furious, where I need a crew who I consider my family, and I would do damn near anything for. So, joining me today, we have Brent. Hello, hello. I'm Brent. Thanks for uh, letting me sit in again. You're, I, I appreciate you showing up more than once in a row. It uh, <laughs> means I haven't said anything too offensive. And also, normally, laying in the background, correcting the copious mistakes that come out of my mouth, we have Vincent joining us. Hello. I actually get to be on this time, especially since we'll be talking about topics that these two don't care about at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's going to talk all about uh, European uh, geopolitics, is what Vincent will be talking about today. And that the president of the Ukraine was once the voice of Paddington Bear, which I still find... Uh, about something as controversial as European politics. Mind-blowing. <laughs> He's going to talk about why alchemy is the future of magic and why it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and that Monday Night Magic is rebranding to, yeah, just the alchemy hour. We're just going to just all alchemy all the time. And it's all gone now. Everybody's gone. Yeah. <laughs> just down to zero. That is actually, that is probably the more impressive thing where people are like, we're not doing the same work because literally people hate it so much they stop listening. Yeah. Even though it's apparently the future of magic. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I mean, we actually have a fair bit of news, I feel like, in my mind to go through. Do we want to start into, do we go right into the controversy about fake uh, magic drugs and just Wizards PR, just digging holes, basically digging one hole to bury themselves in and then trying to fill that hole? They built, they just dug another hole and jumped into that one. I'm up for it. I, like I said, I've I'm a I have some bias when it comes to drugs, but I am all about talking about uh, imaginary references to drugs and magic. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to lay the the background is related to the I guess the upcoming. You know, one of the cool things about the Streets of New Capenna is that paper first. We're going to be having this. You know, in store pre releases and Wizards released kind of this interesting little tip about trying to you know make your in. Your, your in-person, your game experience may be unique because we don't, also we don't know a lot about New Capenny at the story besides they mentioned that there's this magical substance called Halo. Why they called it Halo, I again, I find a little suspect, but um, but Halo is going to be, they as friends and I were talking about before, they never called it a drug, but everything about how they describe it in this press release screams straight up drugs or maybe uh, illicit booze with this. So Brent, do you want to say a little bit more about kind of what they were talking about at the store releases and why everybody got maybe a little concerned about what's happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, do you, do you mind if I just read what was put out? So that way I'm not uh, uh, putting in my own words and uh, manipulating it. Absolutely. I oh. would. Oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Halo is the magical substance that rules the criminal underworld in New Capenna, sought after by all for its magic-enhancing qualities. It comes in many forms, such as crystals, liquids, and vapors. And you may consider adding your own to your in-store events. Va- vapors? Vaping? God, they just... <laughs> no, they did this to themselves. I'm sorry. You Keep might going. present this ethereal substance by adding stones or crystals as part of your decorations. 
But if you'd rather serve it as a snack or beverage, or you rails. can get creative. You want rails of Halo at your event. By using treats oh. like rock candy or fruity punch. Remember, please do not serve in beverage wear commonly associated with alcoholic beverages, i.e. martini glasses. Remember, magic is for all ages and everyone should feel welcome. What about red Dixie cups? I feel like that is something that could be used in a store, but it also has a strong alcohol uh, uh, reference to it. Vapors. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Crystals, liquids, vapors, and you can uh, crystal. Add it in they have listed things. every possible like way I could take a drug into my body. Other than suppository. It, that's right. They didn't. They didn't say. They didn't say bring tampons to soak in the booze to put in your rectum. Oh no. Yeah, so they it doesn't say in in that their uh, Twitter post there it, it their tweet it doesn't say drugs. They've just basically to me it looks like reading that. What was the first thing that would come to your mind? Drugs. Do you, do you feel like if they had left off the last part about the whole martini, you know, glassware, that that would have prevented all this? Because I feel like in some ways you may not even thought about this. I mean, I thought it was being a drug. Uh, but if they hadn't said that, you'd just be like, oh, it's cool magic crystals and stuff. And, yeah. But they, all of a sudden they're like, but it's not booze. It's, Don't even. It's not booze. And it's all Dirty, ages. dirty yeah. liberals, no. The, the last paragraph probably would have helped. But just the way it was kind of put out there is just it's. I don't know the, the description. And then later they came back and said it was similar to. Uh, oh, man, what was that? Well, uh, ether. Uh, or ether, like yeah. the. Uh, energy, like the energy mechanic, yeah. it seemed like that's yep. what they were referring to. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what they're. But just <laughs> the way they're just like, oh it. no, that didn't go very well either from a <laughs> gameplay standpoint. Don't oh, know, stop it. So yeah, there's uh there's there's Wizards of the Coast, not drug reference for the new set or alcohol. Alcohol is a drug, but not drug reference for the new set. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe illegal drugs. I guess as as I'm go. quaffing down caffeine, which is also a drug, but it's a legal one. It's a legal one, so it's allowed. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> my body hurts if I don't get it into my body, but it's legal. <laughs> it's cool. I, I get true side effects if I stop using it. <laughs> Crippling headaches, things like that. But <laughs> yeah, it's been fascinating. And then they came out basically this morning saying. <laughs> With that clarification about the mechanic and saying, no, it's just something else. And now, you know, a lot of people are theorizing this is going to be almost like a blood token type artifact, maybe mechanic like we had from Innistrad, but we just don't know yet. I feel like they just need to do at least like the lore dump now, or at least show what this is to kind of head this off. Because it is like everything on Twitter. I mean, stuff explodes way beyond probably what it should, but still it's the genie. The, the 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 meth vapors are out of the vape band. They're out of the crack pipe at this point. Like they just need to tell us what it is. I think. Yeah, yeah. They could uh, they could drop some uh, lore on this now to help uh, clarify the, all of this. But man, if I was doing my own like in my own house sort of pre-release event, God, there could be so much fun to be had with this one. Just fun dip, you know, fun dip rails, you know, you know, no real drugs, but you know, you could snort pixie sticks and stuff like that, and you know, get that real streets of new Capenna experience. It give give you the bloody nose, snorting crystals like that would definitely give you the bloody nose. Okay, is that just like a rural Midwest thing, or did every child at some point snort pixie sticks? Like that was the thing everybody did, right? Oh, Vincent, Vincent's Midwest too. Do we have any? 
Anyone non-Midwest non want to chip in and say anything? Yeah. My question, Brett, you, as a child, you did this, right? I mean, every yes, kid course. snorted pixie sticks. Okay. As I just want to make sure. Yes. As a child. As yes. a child. I, I'm not saying <laughs> I trust you as a medical professional that you aren't hitting picky sticks right now during your breaks. But, uh, oh. but no, as a kid, I think like that was just a a thing you did. But yeah, I mean, you're you're dumb. and But yeah, we were talking about before we started recording that. I mean, in the 80s, there was a lot of, I mean, basically trying to get kids indoctrinated to like smoking and things like that. We had candy cigarettes. There's a lot of like candy, I mean, toy guns. I mean, you could go way down the, the rabbit hole on this. I still, my dad still has, it was like a, looked like a plastic nine millimeter. It literally had like, I think I brought this up where it had like plastic bullet casings that you put it in and it would shoot like a little plastic BB. It was just, you know, spraying activated, but then literally shot out like a fake like a cartridge, like a spent bullet. Oh. oh, that's wow. That's yeah. Think uh, about that. If you think about trying to buy making that toy today, and it, it just is like, okay, things were a little bit different back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Well, I mean, as long as you slap an orange tip on it, everything's okay then, right? Just orange tip on <laughs> This was pre orange tip. This is, it looks. Like a, it looks like a straight up handgun. It was just, and I thought it was really cool. It's like, yeah, shooting all like bullet casings. This is great. Play with my GI Joe toys, and <laughs> and I, I haven't killed anybody yet that they can prove. That they can prove. Yeah. <laughs> Evidence, harsh mistress. All right. So yeah. So the whole Halo thing has was just kind of fun to watch evolve, and um, uh, yeah, I think it was kind of neat too to sort of see maybe how the magic community has you know changed and evolved over time or maybe if this had happened when the game first came out or i would assume most of the players were you know much younger maybe it wouldn't have been an issue but now with like you know people having families you know there's people with grandkids playing magic you know just a very different look at this be like "Mm, you know maybe not the world's best on that one it it looks like there might have been a little miscommunication between the pr part of wizards and the design part of wizards and it's i mean it's a world building that's great that they're trying it's just the way that it came across was right there's perception versus intent i'm sure their intent was well uh the perception did not hit well <laughs> intent cool magical stuff perception hard drugs, drugs. <laughs> yeah i mean the point wasn't really to, to even do this as a full blast it's just basically here's the thing to the store so you can prepare for your big event that's happening next month and like you know old world like the normal people never see that but since everyone ravishly devours every piece of magic info on the net yeah you got yeah well yeah if they're gonna throw that out there why not uh gobble it all up (laughs) oh hey it's uh moody Moody. here today yeah this is is about as as active as he is that's an amazing cat (laughs) He's not actually, he's breathing. He's not actually, I'm not holding, it's not Weekend at Bernie's, the cat version. Oh, that's a, that's another good 80s movie. Yeah, well, we, uh, I, I, with some friends, I, it's a podcast, but it's more, we just talk about some movies for a while, but we were discussing like best crime movies. And I argue that Weekend at Bernie's is one of the best crime movies ever made because they literally are trapezing around a corpse for an entire movie. Yeah. And that's for, right? Well, at least it was the weekend. That was a, not just a short amount of time. So they had to uh, accommodate for what happens with the body over time after it's dead. This led to us looking up, like, the is it illegal? 
to like play around with a corpse. <laughs> so we started Googling online, be like, in Minnesota, what what can can I not do with a corpse? And oddly, it depends if, if it's your relative. That was one that we thought was an interesting loophole. And also, I can I can legally transport a corpse of somebody that's not related to me as long as I don't get paid for it. That's what we got. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. If I get paid for it, I have to be licensed like a mortician, but as long as I don't get paid, I can apparently hold dead bodies around for people. And I thought that was a fascinating little tidbit of trivia. How do you how how do you uh, get I would a say is Esty or Melikow, don't ask questions you don't know the answer to. <laughs> as I I don't know if you guys saw the new Ghostbusters. Now I was about to say the new Ghostbusters reboot. This was the twenty sixteen with the uh all female crew. Yeah. And they're the, uh, you know, the, the Egon analog. She's like, oh, I could think of five things I could do today with a corpse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. I think we've exhausted that one to as much as our possibility. <laughs> do we want to let Vincent, you know, go through? This is kind of nice. This was like when, like when we saw like, uh, like way back old Monday Night Magic with Gavin, who was more on the competitive side, because that's just not my expertise area. That Vincent, did you want to kind of go through the recent uh, uh, Kamigawa Neon Championships? And I guess if maybe even maybe explain it to somebody that doesn't know what it is. Possibly. So basically, while we've had pandemic and paper events shut down, Wizards has been trying to transition from one thing to another. And this is basically we're in a holding pattern. Like, we're actually going to get an announcement about organized play on the 31st it, during their regular stream. I thought you were going to say organized crime for a split <laughs> second there after a whole Halo time. <laughs> yeah. And then, so we ha- so basically the organized play system for the moment is they have every, champ- every set has a championship associated with it, which is basically a pro tour, but it's all done on arena and digital, obviously. So... The one just happened, and I don't know how much you want me to get into it, because one of the biggest things about it is that the two formats are Alchemy and Historic, so they're both arena-only with digital-only cards. Wait wait a second. I can hear everybody running away from this. And <laughs> I can actually... Door slamming. Don't care! Don't care! No, I, I do care. So yeah, I guess, yeah, interesting decks, I guess... Yeah. yeah, I guess interesting. Um, and is this all I presumed if it's all the arenas, is it all just on Twitch then at that point? Like yeah, how do I how do well I consume this? Like the production actually that bad considering it's all digital. I did <laughs> see that, that the numbers That's a are growing up. praise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the numbers are actually up from the last couple. They'll still still not nearly as big as when they were paper pro tours. And that might just be because of how OP is a mess right now, and hopefully we'll figure something out at the end of March. So I guess if we're going to start somewhere, we can start with the winner. That would be Eli Cassis, another name that might be familiar to people who followed the Pro Tour. At least I recognized it. Mm-hmm. I was, okay. I'm good. Yeah. I did not. <clears throat> so the format of this was they had basically 15 rounds like normal Pro Tour, split more or less evenly between Alchemy and Historic, and then the top eight was Alchemy only, with a double elimination bracket, which is still weird, because once you get to the final, the person in the winner's bracket doesn't get any advantage, because we don't want to take forever. But whatever. 
Yeah. What he? Uh, what deck did he uh, win with? So that's yeah. So he like a see So the breakout deck of at least the alchemy side of the tournament was a Orza Venture deck. So black white with all the dungeon cards. And this is one of the main special parts of alchemy is that there are rebalanced cards. So if you're not familiar with alchemy and just with normal standard, you might notice that the dungeon cards just suck. For a lot of reasons, just because they aren't pushed at all. <laughs> but what Wizards did in one of the first rounds of buffs for Alchemy is that they improved a lot of marginal al- venture cards to try to get them to see play. So if we look at the Orza Venture deck, we can see two of the main ones are Triumphant Adventure, which is. If I go down here. So oh, I can it's look at. A- I can- I can look at this now. Now that we know how to search for him, yeah. yeah so see? it's a, it's a, it's a two mana, a white and a black for a creature with death touch. As long as it's your turn, it has first strike, and then whenever it attacks, you venture into the dungeon, which means you basically get a minor effect. And what happened? The main change there is it got buffed from a one one to a two one, which is obviously a big deal. Yeah, that's a mm. that's a big jump up. Well, and then, yeah, uh, dungeon. Well, I guess he only has one of them in his deck. Dungeon descent. That got that yeah, got that uh, was buffed. like the most obvious. We way undershot on that card. So the that's a land that allows you to tap an unlegend, tap an untap legendary creature control and venture into the dungeon. Like originally, that entered the battlefield tap and cost four to activate. Now it enters untapped and costs one to activate. Whoa, that is that is a bump up. I was looking at here. I'm like, dang. Yeah, that's called. We didn't expect this to see. We thought this was really powerful, but we need to push it. So even now, it's only still a one, a one of in the stack. They should have yeah. made it activate only as an interrupt, just to make me happy. <laughs> Yeah, the other main buffed card was Precipitous Drop, which is an or removal aura. It's a it's an aura. It enchants a creature when it enters the battlefield. You venture into the dungeon. Then enchant creature gets minus two minus two or minus five minus five if you complete a dungeon. So and that got bumped down from three mana to two mana, which again is a big drop and fits perfectly on the curve. Because one of the things they were talking about when they made these buffs is that there were a lot of cards at three mana that the Venture deck would want to play. We have, if I go to the deck, like there's Adarak, the Aether Lich, which isn't Aether Lich or whatever, which isn't in the stack. There's a green one that ventures whenever you play a creature. And then there's Nadar, which is a three mana, three, three that is played in the stack with Vigilance. And whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you venture another creature you control get plus one plus one as long as you completed a dungeon. Yeah, so that's basically one of the generically good cards that actually wasn't changed, but now gets to see play because people are playing the dungeon cards. Yep. Okay. So the other thing about this deck and why it's one of the big breakthroughs is that is this card called Arcan of Amiria, which actually goes all the way back to Zendikar Rising. I mean, it looks per- it's a pretty basic hate card if you look at it. It's a 2-3 flyer for 2 and a white. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn, and non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. And that leads to the story of the- 
probably what what people thought was going to be the biggest deck before the before the tournament was going to be a uh, Naya Runes deck. If you go remember back to Keltheim, the rune mechanic that was basically a limited thing with all these auras that can trip and have minor effects. So recently, two made actually, yeah, the main card that made this a lot better was the Jukai Naturalist from Kamigawa that makes all of your enchantments one less. Then when you combine that with Runeforge Champion, which makes your runes cost only one mana, only one generic mana. And then you can just play them for free and cantrip a bunch. And that was the deck that everyone thought was the big deck in both standard, this and standard two. But this deck just chews through it, particularly because of that Archon. Okay. This is where you talk about stuff instead of just having me ramble for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, no, was, I'm, I'm absorbing this information because... <laughs> I, and, it, and honestly, I'm just pulling up cards as you mentioned them just yeah. for me to, to learn here. I, th- I thought I saw a clip. I don't know if it was this deck. There was someone else that was playing a uh, venture deck, and they actually ran out of time during the match. Is that is that? I think remember? I remember hearing about that. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot was, of just the just timing complex. with arena kind of mess. Yeah. So they were doing it. It wasn't anybody slow, you know, slow rolling doing anything of that. But basically, uh, the the person who had the venture deck was going to win but then the timer ran out because arena doesn't uh, i don't know how it works with time like it doesn't hold the time as it's performing those actions so because of all the triggers that had to happen they ran out of time so then their opponent won where it was something where the the venture deck was winning it was going to win that turn but the timer ran out yeah so so it's it's, yeah like uh, how do you that i could see that being frustrating because if you're playing, you're doing everything, and it's those triggers that are all taking their time to go through. Why are you being uh, penalized for that? Yeah, like, the part of it is that it's just... There's two different ways timing works on Arena, at least in best of three matches. First of all, there's the normal time per turn with the rope, if you're familiar with Arena at all. That still exists, so you only have a certain amount of time, and you have the hourglasses you earn by doing turns quickly. But there's also a global chess clock for the whole best two out of three match, which is 25 minutes per person. And apparently that doesn't count the, that counts the animations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's not cool. (laughs) Do you you think they're going to have like an MTG arena light where like, maybe you can disable animations, but I guess that would make it less. Probably not because at least until they get the spectator clients they should have had years ago. But spe- lack of spectator clients is with just something that a lot of things just don't do. Because most people won't use it, but when you do need it, you need it. Yeah, I feel like it feels like Pornhub or something probably was just maybe solved this issue many years ago that they could maybe access or <laughs> there's probably even like some overlap. Like if you're looking at your <laughs> demographics. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure it overlaps between the <laughs> two yeah, point, of, point of view, POV, what I feel like this could be useful. Yeah. So meanwhile, going back to the other thing, we have our winner. We like to see this historic deck is pretty, is relatively standard compared to that because it's just an, is it Phoenix deck with no alchemy cards at all? Actually pretty standard stuff. Faithless looting is still legal and historic for some reason. <laughs> I well, guess it, it wasn't until the alchemy discussion. I didn't realize when I was looking at the deck list on the original, on the, I guess the mothership side that they actually do put a little A to denote 
cards that were affected by a, some sort of alchemy rebalance. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they list so them on you, your other. So yeah, exactly. not a creature, and if you, not and if you mouse over them, it doesn't show the card in the little preview <laughs> window, which I thought was just... Yeah. Because alchemy cards aren't in Gatherer, because Wizards doesn't know what they're doing. And that's why you have to have Scryfall up. Wow, so yeah. they're not they're not in Gatherer at all? Right. No. <laughs> nice! <laughs> that is great. Too much time. Good job, Wizards. Too much time popping Halo, yeah. To... Popping Halo. Well, at least the uh, art that it links to for the Faithless Looting is that wonderful uh, Strixhaven uh, Mystical Archives art. I mean, I guess that is, that is uh, the art that is on Arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, I remember when that came out that uh, had some uh, very uh, strong opinions about it. I'm, I'm not a fan of that art at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> some of the ugliest magic art I've ever seen. For, for which one is this? Faithless Looting. If you want to look at oh, the, uh, yeah, first... I already know which one you're talking about, because that yeah, was the one that know. was very divisive, because or for <laughs> yeah. a lot of us, when we first saw it, it was like, I, I didn't. I was not familiar with the artist to know that this was their style. But I thought it was fake at yes. first, just by. <laughs> yes. And you know, some people are very, you know, definitely like too much. But I agree, it doesn't. It doesn't speak to me for that no. art style. Yep. 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 Card still works uh, the same regardless of the art, but <laughs> I, I. That's not an art. A card. I'd be like, get you that. Read here. the card. No, no, I don't. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, but I was kind of curious uh, since I have not been really logging to Arena much. I've been doing you know a lot more MTGO. Is this something like if I was going into Arena you know, the last few weeks, was this something, was I being shown that, like, hey, there is this big championship coming up? Or Because I feel like I don't Not know how really. I would have known this exists. <laughs> like, to, if I did want to watch it, like, how would I learn about it? You watch the mothership and hope that they put an article up or you follow the Magic Esports Twitter account or I don't know. It's just not a big deal at the moment. Yeah, and... I guess you kind of brought up that, you know, obviously organized play. There's been a lot of controversy over the years where I'll say in general support has been reduced, cut, you know, I guess down to bare bones. What, what for you, Vincent, what, and to you, Brent as well, what would, I guess, what could they change here on end of March that would make it better? Like what, what, what would you be hoping to see with this? A plan. That's the main thing they need. They need a plan for what's going to happen, or at least a timeline for when hopefully we can get back to paper events even if it's in a small scale for the moment, but we just need a plan for like, like one of the main things that's happened, like right about we have the magic pro league, which is starting to wind down. This is the last season of it. And it's basically just a holdover because they promised everyone benefits for an extra year. Do you know what the magic pro league is? Uh, I've I'm familiar with it. I, for a longest time, I honestly thought I didn't realize it was like an official wizards thing. I thought it was just like a thing. Okay, YouTube thing people were doing. I'm like, oh, it's like a real sanctioned thing. I have no idea what they do in it. I would okay. see it go by and so ignored it. Short thing. So at the at after like I think it was the 2019 season, they basically just took like here's the top 32 in pro points, and we're gonna try to be esports now. We're gonna like yeah. put all the benefits into these top 32 people, more or less, and then. Like, we're going to have them do, like, weekly events against each other, and they'll, like, get invited to everything. Kind of like how, what Platinum was way back in the day. Yep. By, Platinum stats. We're going to, like, focus all our things on it. And then, but for various reasons, most notably a pandemic stopping paper events, it kind of didn't work. <laughs> People didn't care about the weekly events. It wasn't getting them the exposure they needed. And... 
at the end of last year, they basically said, we're going to stop doing this, and but we're going to give it basically run it one more year because we promised everyone these benefits and then hopefully we'll have a plan for what's next and we're still waiting for that plan and hopefully we'll get that from from new wizards hire william huey jensen at the on the 31st okay so this is like a it is known that some sort of big announcements coming on the 31st about yeah, organized play. they're gonna do their weekly mtg stream and huey's gonna be on there and hopefully we'll get something okay I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's one where it's going to be hard to please the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's returned to the old system, which isn't practical at this point. Again, like no one knows what the pandemic's going to hold. So it's difficult to have a plan for paper events. Yeah. And, and I, obviously I feel like there's been a lot of discussion with, you know, the popular things like commander. We won't get into the competitive commander, but in general commander, do you feel like there's still a thirst, like, I guess, a, a want for that, I guess, pro tour? I feel like, you know, that was a big inspiration for a lot of players for many years. Um, but Magic is a different, very broad, pro- I'll call it a product, a brand now that is a little bit different than we had. You know, we got our core set, we got expansions, you know, over three months, and that was what it was uh, at that point. I mean, it's the, it's clearly... The Pro Tours clearly satisfies a portion of the audience, but the question is how crucial that portion of the audience is. We've seen the Commander is getting a lot more focus, and even if at the expense of the main non-Commander product, like, we'll get... I mean, I've talked about Fire a bunch and how the pushing of cards is because they basically want to make these Eternal formats rotate. And that's part of why, like, everything has to be interesting, because... It's hard to get cards to be interesting in a format with 10,000 more cards. But mm-hmm. I think there's still an o- audience for it, at least when there are actually events. And the question is, how much, how, like, how can, what am I trying to say? Like, how the, like, it, there's clearly an audience for this, and they're trying to, I just don't know how big that audience is, but it's clearly big enough to make a difference. But I don't know if how much Wizards wants to invest in that to make a difference. Uh, you, sounds like you want to say something, Brent. Well, mine is just, I don't know nearly as much about this as Vincent, so I'm hoping he can clarify with it. Is, what's the on-ramp for this for anybody to get into it? See, I think that's where the interest would come there from. There wasn't really so, one. That, yeah. So first, there, for the original thing of the Magic Pro Tours, there wasn't one. You were the top 32 or you just waited. They had like yeah. ways to qualify for the Pro Tours. Okay, that's not more bang at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but then I, they I, made something called the Rivals League the next season, which is like the next like 40, 30, 40 something, not sure the exact number, that was a, relatively easier to get into. And then, like, the top of those would have go into the Pro League, and the bottom of the Pro League would go down into the Rivals or whatever. But that was only marginally more accessible. But yeah. So, yeah. So, that, that like, that's the point. And I understand paper magic is not fully back, pandemic aside that. Like what? What is? I remember when I first started playing Magic, way, way, way back then. It was never like I'm going to be a professional, but it was still nice to go to tournaments and try and do well and think like, hey, there's a there's a way that you could advance with this. So you know, I what is there now for? Obviously, I still play Magic. I enjoy Magic. I'm not yeah, the I'm not there to be a pro player. But what about those players who that's what they want to do? Like they want to try and advance and get up there. What's their on ramp for it? It, it, it doesn't ladder, seem to be which there. Is a big problem. Like yeah. the way you get there is to grind the arena ranked ladder, 
which is more as much based on time as it is on actual skill. Because no matter how good you are, you're still going to have to grind through like 50 more wins than you do losses in order to get to the mythic and get... So there is an honor ramp. Basically, you get to the qualifiers if you're in the top like 1,200 and constructor limited for a month. And you do well enough in that, you get invited to the set championship, which is what we just covered. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And that's so, how you can win money and stuff. One, so, of yeah. The, yeah. one of the nice things is that if you're that kind of, I care about playing competitively, if not necessarily like being professional, is the arena opens have been really good for that. Do you know what the oh, open is? Yeah, those are the ones. They just had one two weekends ago. Was that it? Sounds two right. Week, two weekends yeah. ago, and you could win the, uh, it basically it was, uh, this one was uh, draft and sealed, correct? Yeah. The last one was draft and, and sealed. It's basically kind of like a mini GP, where if you yeah. win a bunch, you actually win actual money. Yeah. Yeah, you win. You cash out. Uh, the top prize was $2,000. 2500 right, I thought. 2500 Okay, it's yeah, 25000 like 1000 2000 2500 Yeah, and you can win it. And there's there's been I listen uh, limited resources. I know LSV this last time he uh, cashed out at a thousand dollars. I think the yeah. previous one, both Marshall and LSV, got two thousand dollars. And like they, mm-hmm. you can put in your time. And the first that first day is you can enter as many times as you want within that yeah, twenty four hour period until you. Worms, but huh. oh, that's enough. <laughs> okay. Really? So as long, as long as you have enough. Like money, you could like. Yep. I'm going to keep trying, trying. Yep. Interesting. You okay. Keep trying, Just like a you poker know, event. Yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, this draft. You know, my draft pool. I, I didn't have the pool that I was looking for and sealed. I suck. Whoop. Go out. Started it, or you know, do you either just drop out then and start again, or get your losses and then you can start again. Mm-hmm. And then day two, then it's based on your what your actual record is, and obviously it depends on the format. But, yeah, the I mean, opens have their problems. Most notably, the stupid two-hour window you have to actually yep. enter the event in Sunday. But mm-hmm. they're like probably the best thing that's come out of OP since the pandemic started. Yeah, I guess, and you kind of brought this up, Brent. Where like, you know, what's the onboarding? Because I feel like, you know, back when I did play in some tournaments, it was it was pretty clear. Like, I played. There's basically GPS. You had PTQs where it's like, I, this is a pro tour qualifier. It's pretty clear what I am getting to pinch out of this. Um, but yeah, now it is confusing. Like, I, yeah, like where would I even figure that out or learn about it? If I'm, especially if I'm like a teenager, I mean, yeah. it's like, where well, would I get that? Yeah. Where, where do you have to get, and I understand maybe that's not their career that they're, I want to be a professional magic player, which I, I don't <laughs> the, think the, is the a career. Is like, <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> but like how, what is there to, you play the game cause you enjoy it, but there are people who are much more competitive and they want to play to win. Where is their, you know, on, how can they advance in it other than being at the store and some of them are jerks but they're really good jerks and others of them are nice and they're still, you know, excellent players. What, how can they advance to reach these levels? And it just, that doesn't seem to be laid out anywhere. Yeah. It, honestly, the best way to pl- get, do it un- surprisingly is they have like events that get you into big events on MTGO. Like they recently had the MTGO championships, which is just like this where like they have like a championship for each for- of the eternal formats on MTGO. Now, that was just like eight players and actually a pretty decent show where they played Cube and Modern, produced by Randy Bueller, all kinds of stuff, great commentators. That's something that just doesn't get enough hype. And like that connects to the set championships as well, even though Arena and MTGO aren't that linked otherwise. 
Yeah, and it seems like that's becoming more divergent by the day between the the two, I guess, online products at this point. I I think alchemy was the what al. Alchemy was the device. Alchemy was the mistress that is separating the couple. They may have been loosely associated, but what MTGO and Arena? At least they were both digital magic projects products. And now with Alchemy in there, it's really split off hard. I, I yeah. The players it's, are the kids. It's not our fault. The, I don't know. Yeah, well, I was going to say up. it's, it's, yeah, it's is this a stepbrother thing or stepsister yeah, thing, and maybe that's where it's falling. Not your fault. We still love you both. <laughs> I'd say unsure how equally they love us both at this point. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. MTGO has been long. Yeah, <laughs> MTGO is not the favorite child. <laughs> Guys, the more I play it, though, it's the more I'm being sold back at MTGO, the more the more I like it. I, I don't you, know. I've been greatly enjoying my MTGO. MTG, is there any any deck you've been focusing on in MTGO, Tom? Oh, we oh, we talked about it on, on Discord. I love my blue-white trash vehicles deck beyond yes. all, all measures just because... All the cards are dumb in it, but Surge Hacker Mech destroying so many creatures in a game. And then by majority, I've had a few people that stuck through, but majority rage quits with that. Yes. Um, I mean, I, you know, really highly tuned aggro decks are still going to, you know, because basically it's a control deck. So it's going to be a challenging. There's some game there, but still going to be challenging. But in general, anything that's mid, I'll say kind of mid range to control the card advantage and it just crushes you to dust at this point. Have you, you know, like, uh, mobilizer mech? Like what the heck playing that garbage oh, for? Oh. Like, well, that's because the search after mech will now be doing six damage every time. So I, uh, I actually lost. I, it wasn't a blink deck. I, I played a draft on arena and my opponent happened to have search hacker mech and mobilizer mech and another one. And they got him in perfect time. And they, I thought I was doing okay. And yeah, when, uh, mo- when uh, Search Hacker Mech came down and then hit me for six points of uh, six points of damage to one of my creatures, I uh, kind of had the shocked Pikachu face <laughs> and <laughs> I realized what it's like to play against it. And that was just once. Now, with the way you play it with blinking it, yeah, I could see how that would really be like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun game against like a mono black. I'll call it control. I hadn't seen this as except uh, for it was kind of really based around sacrificing it. It used a hostile... Hostile, hostile, I guess, hostile, uh, which was, fu- was fun to see. Uh, uh, with the Ghoulish Procession, that's the uh, uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It's the black, one black, one colors enchantment that whenever one or more non-token creature dies, you create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with decayed. Okay. Um, and basically just kind of used that to kind of keep producing these decayed creatures that would use to then crew the Mukotai Soul Ripper, the new vehicle from Neon. That's the four three. Uh, it's four three, but you can sack creatures to give it plus one plus one counters, and it gets menace. Oh, so it just kind of had this constantly growing Mukotai, a soul ripper. Again, not immune to a blinked search hacker mech killing it, but but then they flipped over their hostile hostile to the creeping in. So you got the you know the big three seven. Get out one more vehicle. Eight damage will kill that too. Interesting, but you beat them. You beat them with blue white garbage, garbage Mm -hmm. truck. So, so this I am very excited for new companion because I'm assuming I'll get maybe some more vehicle options just to Mm -hmm. continue to play with that deck. We'll see what vehicle there because vehicles have been more of an a deciduous and evergreen. Like there might be one or two, but it won't be nearly as many as there were in Kamigawa. 
Okay, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Or yeah. even just, like I guess, like artifact or maybe blinkable effects, I guess, yeah. that I'll take too. Because honestly, Circuit Mender being just a dumb 2-3 that gives you two life when it comes in and a card when it leaves, often actually is probably one of the strongest cards. Just because you get like four, six, eight life out of that thing and a bunch of cards. And it's like, okay, I got good value out of this three mana. Very cheap artifact. I wonder uh, what the names of the vehicles will be in uh, New Capenna. What few ones I'll have? Like, uh, is one of them be like Moonshiner's car? And yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's like not drug runners, yeah, but like Fox like old like classic, yeah, yeah, yeah like Moonshine, yeah, like yeah, alcohol running the V. It could yeah, be. Def- well, I mean, yeah, they're definitely. Well, I guess they're leaning into crime, so yeah, yeah. Uh, see, but it'll be a. I think it'll be a cool set. Just having the families and stuff. I guess. We said before, I find it to be an interesting potentially lore setup for that. And I guess in general, I like sets where they have, you know, like, like lore hole. You know, we have the different, like, you know, shards and all these other things. It's kind of neat when they give those an identity. I think that it helps new players be like, oh, hey, I like, I identify with, you know, this Strixhaven house. So I can kind of build my deck around that. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. it I, I, I know it limits design space, but I do like it. I, one thing I did see is part of even ignoring the Halo part, we d- we are going to have faction packs to go around at the pre-release. Yeah, yeah I think that'll be interesting. Uh, conspiracy part of me with the new, tri- I know they're not called Triumphs, but the new Triumphs they're going to be coming out. How you know how they're named? What what's to lead them to do a uh, secret layer where instead they have kind of like the Godzilla, the reverse Godzilla treatment, where instead of it being Jetmere's Garden it would be a more generic term for a triumph for, you know, the, uh, Oh, okay. White, like how they did the previous triumphs. Right, right, right. Yeah. How they would do that. And so then that way you could have it like the reverse gods, you know, you'd have the actual card name and then below it would be, or the, the new card name. And then below it would be jet mirrors garden to say that, you know, mm-hmm. that's enough that could, it's, I could see, a uh, since they seem to like secret layers, uh, every other day, that's a secret layer they could try and throw out there for the uh, magic players who might be a little more concerned about how specific the names of these lands are for that plane. Okay. I yeah. mean, the triumphs yeah. were specific too, because they were tied directly to their areas and Ikoria. Yeah. I, that seems more, they are, it just seems like it's more generic when it's just naming like, you know, a, like a land mass or something I, like that. Like, right. Jetmere's garden, Rafine's tower, Spara's headquarters. Xander's yeah. Lounge, you know, Zeotora's Proving Ground. Like, yeah. those are, it's seem like oddly the signets specific. And stuff. It's like, oh, it's the Azorius Signet. It's blank Signet. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I know basically what colors it is, but it's a Signet. This would be yeah. like, oh, hey, I know it's a Triome. It's the three three colors tapped. I can cycle it, but it does these colors for me. Yeah. I think, yeah, if they can make it to a secret layer, it will probably happen at yeah. this point. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll do secret layer training. They do secret, secret layer extra extra bendy let's see this is yeah, it was a, that was a good cardboard crack one recently where basically it curled so much in, into itself it formed a singularity and started sucking <laughs> yes. everything to it. i was like oh, that's actually pretty good i like that yep yep that's that, a, this, i have this a commander's this foil one. that is basically it's a navinral's yeah. disc that has almost i got this one it's, it's almost like 50 percent. yeah yeah half pipe uh, for gnomes yeah yeah uh, good job good job wizards yeah so We've got top eight decks. We've got that. You guys asked me about my favorite decks. What about for, we'll start with Brent. What are you playing right now? Actually, I've been, I, uh, I did some, 
I failed to realize that the quick draft was over for uh, Neon Kam- Kamigawa. Oh, we won't so, get sure how much that annoys me when they get rid of a draft yes. format. It's just like there's. I guess I guess it's like fake uh, urgency FOMO. Yeah. Maybe it's interesting to get people into. It. It's like otherwise, why would you not let me do it's, this? Because they have a million different formats. That's part of the problem. So they only want to have one at a time. But like, yeah, like it's so. So basically, what happened? I was doing well, and then I was like, great. I kind of forgot. Got caught up at work. Came back. Log on to Arena, and I see I was like, oh, I got a pack and 300 gems. Well, thank you, Arena. And then I go to click to continue my, my draft deck. It wasn't there. So I decided to do a premier draft using one of oh, my... Oh, you're, uh, yeah. you're I a did masochist. A premier draft. Okay. Yes, I did. And I went one in three in my premier draft, but but I got a fair amount of rares. So I shot myself in the foot by getting those rares and mythics out of there. But it was a... Uh, 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 white red, and I splashed a little black because I had that Hidetsugu, and then I had the uh, Oni okay. Colt Anvil. It was fun; had a good time with it. But uh, yeah, that was uh, the draft, uh, premier draft. Even though they're just a uh, you know one man, I can't believe how how long those took. And there were some beautiful, beautiful decks that I played against. Like I said, I won one of them, but they were it was great. But uh, yeah, I uh, lost track of when they switch over. Like I said, I, if, if Neon Kamigawa Dynasty is out, what, why would you take away that quick draft? A- add on another one. That's fine. Make another quick draft for Crimson Vow or whatever it is now. But like, no, give me the, it's the new set that came out. Why are you, you, Wizards does it, right? They like put it out there and then they grab it back. And then they're like, they, they put it, I compare it. I like Taco Bell. Taco Bell does that with their menu. They'll, they'll put something out there. And you're like, wow, I love this. I love the beefy, crunchy burrito. And then like a month later, they're like, it's back. Yeah, it's gone. They they tease you, and yeah. what they need to get back is they need to go back to pico de gallo uh, instead of just oh. straight tomatoes. Because uh, I always get the uh, fr- fresco 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 style? fresco fresco style. style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, um, you don't. It's and yeah. it's like it's it was it was demonstrably better when it was pico de gallo. Oh, the pico de gallo was so. I did not talk about podcast. Pico de gallo was so good, so 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 good. Actually, Zesty, isn't there? I thought there's a market in West Virginia or Virginia that has year-round McRibs for McDonald's. Really? There's like a I, like I've, there's like a covert man. McDonald's that is McRib friendly. Let me. So I, I know. I, I feel like it's all urban legends that it's based on like pork product future prices and stuff. Is how they decide when to get their McRib on. But yeah, let's see. Maybe this is. Uh, we'll, we'll go to our good friend Doctor Google and see what uh, he says. Oh, this says it's not a year round there. I swear, I thought there was one that had it, so I might be wrong. But yeah, my, my oh, you mom, live in Korea. Okay, that's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. My mom loved the McRib. I don't know why. She didn't oh, eat yeah. anything else ever in McDonald's, but she some <laughs> loved the McRib. I'm like, oh, it's like yeah. a ninety pound woman. Like you McRibs, okay. McRibs. That was. I don't think I've had a McRib in years, but uh, yes, you're right. Pico de Gallo needs to come back to Taco Bell. Taco Bell, listen to us, sponsored. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sponsored by Taco Bell. Pico de Gallo would be great if they would brought, bring that back. They're bringing back Mexican pizza here. So if they can do that, I don't know why they can't bring back Pico de Gallo. It was. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned this on the old Monday Night Magic, but for whatever reason where I grew up, it was, you know, somewhat of a rural area, it, it got picked as being a test bed for a lot of products for like Burger King and McDonald's. So they would Ooh. like, this would be like, they would test out to see what people thought before it be released like nationwide. Um, so there was a period of time where they this was in the 
mid nineties, early mid nineties, they experimented with doing free refills on everything like oh. French fries, nuggets, oh. everything. That's um, a mistake. Yeah, but it lasts about two weeks because it, of course, got horribly abused by teenagers that come and be like, I want a six-piece nugget and a small fry, and the rest of my school is coming in right now. So we're going to go take over the playland wow. and just abused horribly. But yeah, and they, wow. and they, yeah, a lot of like, you know, sandwich trials. I think the Mc, was it the McDLT? The weird one that was like hot side hot, cold side cold. I think that one got tested there. Um, yeah, it was interesting because you're going to be like, what the hell is that thing? I mean... I'll, I'll try. I'll try that. So yeah, we got to experiment random things at the local McDonald's and Burger King. Wow. Yeah. The free refills and everything. That would, that is, I don't know who came up. They must've beat that person. Whoever came up with that idea. Cause that is, that that's right for abuse. I don't even like McDonald's. I'd be like, I guess we're having McDonald's again. <laughs> yeah. I have kids now. Like that would have been fantastic for this. Especially like a growing, Brent, I think you've got also some, you know, growing kids where it's like yeah. they eat a lot of stuff. Yeah. That would have been nice. That would have been so, so awesome. Oh. But yes, bring back Pico de Gallo. Okay, so start it all 30 downloads. Start starting up <laughs> That's the Taco the Bell. <laughs> but let's just say bring back Pico de Gallo on this. Bring back Pico de Gallo. Pico de Gallo is what needs to happen and things will get better. Maybe that's maybe that's the linchpin to everything else falling into place. With there being an on-ramp to being a, a, a pro magic effect. player. There you go, right there. Once Pico de Gallo comes back, everything's from there. Yeah, the, you know, the next, I, I don't know who a famous magic player is anymore, but the next whoever is there, they're like, well, I, I had some extra time. I still had to stay at Taco Bell, and I learned about this game called Magic the Gathering, and then, you know, we, there you go. my life started. We got uh, Finkel 2.0. be starting out. He's gonna he's at Taco Bell now, and this is the path that's going to lead well, to He'll down. probably buy Taco Bell at that point, and then, right. yeah, it's just, and, and then they'll turn and it. Then, Flip it around and <laughs> flip it around and then sell it off. And everyone will be like, yep. why did you do this? Johnny magic. Oh, and be like, he's a hedge fund manager. That's what they do. Why would you that, think like that is their job? Yeah. <laughs> the emotional component there, which it seems great. Is that, I haven't heard anything else on that deal in the last couple no, of weeks. Anyways. That's if it's still happening, I think they realize that that's probably not the picture they want out there. So it's probably being hit as much and as for, for anyone that's unaware, the, the idea was brought forward that one of the uh, major stockholders shareholders in, Has, in Hasbro um, is a hedge fund, and they would like to place... Free Wizards, excuse me. Free yeah, Wizards. Yeah, Free Wizards. They would like to place John Finkel on the board, right? Correct? The board at Wizards? And he's yes. part of their company. And so uh, it's there were many opinions. Some of the opinions have been this would be great because it's John Finkel. I mean, it's Johnny Magic. Who who wouldn't want Johnny Magic on the board at Wizards? I am a little more cynical, and the fact that he is a there's a Johnny hedge a, fund that's sitting on Johnny the board. Hedge fund, hedge funds aren't going to make money <laughs> uh, via emotional decisions based on how much they love a game. Hedge funds are there to extract every red cent that they can. <laughs> out of that company and if that involves choking the company to death and then walking yep. away from the corpse Underwater. they will do that gladly yep they, they will hold it under got the potato sack uh, they're crying while they do it but they're still crying. doing it is but, it yeah. that or is it uh, uh mice and men where it's just a gun to the back of the head and yeah it's a- <laughs> so yeah that's that's where the uh hedge fund i think it's shane uh, like you know wizards just pick up the gun you're gonna shoot me pick up that gun Oh yeah, yeah. So 
Sorry, I don't know how I got into the hedge fund part, but yes. Oh, anytime I can bring up Shane, I'll, I'll do it. I still remember watching <laughs> that in school. Big up, my God. And I don't think they, I don't think you my kids saw it. Nothing. He had a gun. What was that? Oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. I think I was a oh, sophomore when we watched that movie. Probably, pro- yes, probably. I still remember. <laughs> I need to pull up who played Shane. I like, I don't remember anymore. And we're different, different parts. We're still mid, we're both from Midwest area, completely different parts of the Midwest though. And somehow have both seen the exact, it's almost, I know there's no universal, uh, school education curriculum set up in the United States, but it's amazing how many things are so similar for an area. Let me see if I can complete the triad. Did you in gym class, this could be elementary, junior high or high school. Did you have to do square dancing? We had to do dancing, but I don't remember if it was square dancing. Okay. Ours was specifically square dancing. We had to learn at school. It it might. Wow. No, I can't remember if we had oh. to do it. <laughs> like maybe this? one random kid have to call it out. It was pretty good. <laughs> I was just like, don't make me to call it out. Uh, good old U.S. education system. Square dancing. <laughs> yep, I learned that in school. Help, help! Like you said, help me be the person I am today. So learning square dancing as a fat young child who is very embarrassed to be within eighteen <laughs> feet of a girl. Yeah, I don't remember. We had a dancing, but I don't remember if we had to do square dancing. No, that's. Did you have to do the? Pre- no, it's not even on magic. Speaking of magic and being healthy, did you have to do the presidential fitness test? You know, Ronald Reagan's, and then you got yep. the little certificate. Saying that, hey, which is kind of funny because I wasn't fat then, but it was like I am not a fit individual. Why am I getting this? Oh, I, I didn't. I don't think I got a certificate. There was like, yeah, you, you got some work to do. <laughs> Sit and reach. Mm, Could have done better on that one, there, buddy. Yeah. You, do you have to climb the rope? Climb, climb the, the rope. rope. Yeah, mile run. I still remember it was at the showroom. We had to knock over like the erasers, like the little like chalkboard erasers. They would set those up. You had to run back and forth. So dumb. Yep. Yep. Okay. At least one described. There you go. See, John Finkel had a quote, or at least one ascribed to him. This is from Zesty. Be open-minded, but not so open-minded that your brains fall out. Yep. That's what that that's sense. what he's going to say when he takes that big check from Hasbro when Wizards is like implodes in on it. When Wizards curls in on itself so much it creates a singularity, and he walks Oof. away with that big old check. He's just going to have a big smile and mm-hmm. walk back. His hedge fund, uh-huh, they're all going uh-huh. to high-five each other and do Halo off of various body parts and mm-hmm. everything. Will, yeah. Yeah, Harold and Kumar. You got Neil Patrick Harris doing <laughs> lines of cocaine off of You Know What. That was a great oh, movie. Especially oh, knowing that like, he's gay. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, oh, he's doing lines of crack. Uh, cocaine off of a female hooker's uh, behind. That's yeah. something. Yep, that is. That is and it's, I don't know if anybody knows, that's a trilogy. Harold and Kumar is a trilogy. There are I three saw, parts. Yeah, there was the first one, and it was um, which one was Guantanamo was, Bay? Is the second one? Escape from Guantanamo Bay. What's the third and one? The third one is a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I don't think it's a seen Christmas that one. themed movie. It's on Netflix. I will need to watch that. Pre- prepare. Yeah, it's, it's, my wife walked out of the room. She's still married to me, but she walked out of the room. Like, you have house, horrible taste. I don't. House, yep, I love you, but ninety nine percent of what I did before because it of your is. Choice. Wonderful Wafflebot. Just remember the words Wafflebot, and you'll have a great time with Wafflebot. the movie. Okay, I'll I will if it's on Netflix. I do clinic I notes, and I watch. I listen to basically <laughs> listen to movies, and I'll do that. Okay, yeah, uh, I, was say, I was like, I, I wouldn't do it with anyone else's eyes around. It's still no, Harold and no, Kumar, no, no. but it even has uh Danny Trejo is in it. Okay, of course Neil Patrick Harris is in it. 
yeah, you you can't you can't go wrong with. I think the overlap. I think that Venn diagram of Harold and Kumar people and Magic players. I don't think that's a small amount of overlap. I mean, I'm we've got well at least two here that, that got in two. our Venn diagram. <laughs> And of two, we're, we're approaching power for a, for a study here. There you go. Uh, yes. So Vincent, what have you been playing? Cause I, I know you're, you're probably crying softly over <laughs> yeah, there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just watch waiting and listening to everyone go crazy. So magic wise, <laughs> I haven't been playing that much. One of the main things is that the, one of the spicy decks from this tournament was a historic deck, but I've liked a lot. With the Simic Paradox engine, this is a deck that, like, basically goes up, does a draw, gets a bunch of mana, draws a bunch of cards. If I go link the article with it again, I know you love Paradox engine. I've, 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 you have mentioned this before. Yeah, who, uh, who played it? You said it was a historic one. Yeah, Justin Gennari. I don't know the name, but it was in a roundup of the spicy decks. Yeah, I paste the article there. Okay. Yeah, the main thing is that it's gotten a couple... On one hand, it, it got nerfed a bunch when they limited the sideboard slots from from 15 to 7 and best of 1 because of stupid Lorne that did nothing and constructed for the most part. But then when it got two big things from the last couple sets first of all in kamigawa we got the reality chip which is that new equipment jellyfish that's kind of like a future site it works well you can play stuff off the top right yeah if it's attached yeah it's also a legendary creature which is good for mox amber which is one of the problems Mm -hmm. is that mox amber hasn't been that good since the deck lost Uro, uh like a year or something ago okay now the other thing that's been surprising is uh is a not technically not alchemy because it was in the historic horizons, but a digital only card called Tome of the Infinite. It's a three mana artifact that you can pay a blue and tap it, and then you'll get a random of like one of ten one mana spells. So it works well. It's basically an infinite spell conjuring thing, which works well when you have the paradox in and just need to go off. And it was all like classic spells too, yeah, like, like Swords, Swords of Plowshare and Dark Ritual and stuff. Yeah, Dark Witch Ritual, Lightning Bolt, Ponder, Giant Growth, Fog. Yeah, that was one of the fun games is that I was going off with it, but I was running into the other timing thing on Arena where like you only do so much in a turn before it just starts stops adding time based on the actions you take. So I was like obviously going to win, but I was going slowly since I was still getting used to to the pattern again. So what I was doing, so eventually I just, it was against a Phoenix player. So eventually I was just like killed some of their Phoenixes. And then when I had to stop, but then when they attacked back, I fogged. Then they conceded. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so what is, I'm playing up, I'm trying to remember what set Paradox Engine came from. Uh, Aether Revolt. Aether Revolt, okay. In my mind, that's a card that's been around forever, but no, it's much newer. Yeah, that is that. a while. <laughs> oh God! Don't, don't say things like don't say things like that. It's like four years old. Man, I've I literally have underwear wow. older than that, so it's like I'm you know I'm at that phase of my life. I think I think the boots I wore yesterday are forty years old. I believe because it is now summer springtime so everything is melting so we we go out and jump in puddles so i wear my old red ball 
fishing boots that I, oh. that I, I inherited from my dad. <laughs> They're not quite bulletproof, but probably pretty close at this point. All right. Well, yeah, guys, well, why don't we uh, wrap up and we can start sort of say maybe where people can find us. Um, and right now for Monday Night Magic, you can, as far as I can tell, you can now find us on pretty much every major podcasting network. Uh, Spotify, the iTunes one's getting approved right now. Uh, I use, was it Pod? What, that's the name of the program. Overcast, I think, is it's on there. Pretty much everywhere if you search for it, you'll be able to pull it up. Um, or on Twitter, I am at PSG Reader. Uh, what about for you, Brett? I am at, uh, at Dr. No Pants One. I love making you say that every week. Yes, that's it. (laughs) Uh, Halo's one hell of a drug. (laughs) And what about for you, Vincent? I don't know if you're willing or want to link yourself with any real world entities, but wherever you want to uh, uh, promote here, go for it. I'm on Twitter at Vincent Sifted. So that'd be Vincent, V-I-N-C-E-N-T-S-I-F-T-D. And then... You can find, if you care about video games at all, I work and write for and curate for a site that's same sifted. It's basically kind of like an aggregation service for various video game news and articles and stuff. It also does its own original content. I don't know how much I can get into it. Like, if you remember game trailers back in the day, the game that runs it, man that runs it is Shane Satterfield, who was like the head boss of that. In the beginning, mm-hmm. and, I remember gametrailers.com, right? Yeah. Like the, the website. Yeah, like he basically he went out on his own and is running this own aggregation slash original content site, and I just kind of work under him. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you saved me my money because I, I did not buy, even though every day I keep getting tempted to buy goddamn Elden Ring because I keep hearing so much about it, and I know oh. it's not for me. I know I'm going to bounce off, but I, oh, I've gotten close again. By playing Cyberpunk. And now Guardians of the Galaxy is on Game Pass. I nice. just stuff is coming out everywhere. It's and now there's is it a Weird West? What's the new big yeah, Weird uh, West arcane game? The end of them. A kind of arcane from old arcane developers. Yeah, that's oh, gonna that's be on it. Game Pass too. Which so is nice. Like so much stuff. And then yeah, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. I played the demo and watching Kirby mouth consume and everyday objects but poorly like he just kind of gets stuck on him it goes do you want to hit a for mouthful i'm like i don't know if i want to hit a for mouthful <laughs> look i might get more than i'm gamp uh pay for here but it is a, it's a nintendo game so i'm i think i'm okay I don't see Bukaki in here anywhere listed in the description <laughs> of this game, so I think I'm safe, but every time I, I hit a from mouthful, I, I actually laugh. Uh, have, have you played it, Brent? The uh, no, the, uh, the demo no. for Kirby? Oh, no, but I'd, I'd heard the mouthful, and I was like, oh, I'm like, what's the rating on this game? It's Kirby. Please don't tell me Kirby is taking a slide down. <laughs> no, no, it's, and I mean, I kind of like the previous Kirby games, I guess. I, I don't know what difficulty would be past like the demo, but everything. You know, as an adult, nothing was super challenging, but just entertaining kind of it's 3D puzzle platforming, which is pretty good. Yeah, Kirby games are generally really easy, (laughs) which is, again, I'm I'm going to be sadly 44 here pretty soon. Uh, So for me, easy is okay. Okay. Yep. Another reason that you should bounce off Elden Ring. That's and like you said, like I keep hearing about it. I know 
because I've I've never touched a Souls game because I've heard about the you know the extreme difficulty and yeah. precise timing and everything else that's needed. But yeah, Elden Ring is easier than the average Souls game, but it's still a Souls game. <laughs> so I, I I'm I'm holding out. I haven't bought it yet, but it's it's hard when you hear so much about it. Like I listen to a lot of video game podcasts, and it's a lot of Elden Ring discussion going on right now. Just remember, you can't pause it. <laughs> that's oh, I heard that I, some people are saying there's like a weird. Work around where yeah, you like get like you a certain menu. A, yeah, but that's not really the point. Like, I guess that kind of works, but it's still like a couple steps uh, and not, I don't know how urgent you have to be. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's like, Brent's probably the same thing. It's every, every once in a while, something something goes down and you have to go respond to the kid doing something dumb. You know, like, why would you? Or it could be something like me being dumb, being this happened recently where I forgot that pencil graphite is electrically conductive. This is uh, something I'd forgotten. Uh, so life hack is, you know, kids are doing homework. They spill water on their paper that has to be turned the next day. You need to dry it. You dry it in the microwave. It actually works really oh. well. Oh, Usually it's pen. No. Totally fine. Didn't even think about it. Threw it in there. Also, oh, no. Oh, also no. materials like. <gasps> Turn around. Flames coming. You know, flame in the microwave. There's like bits of paper. I'm like. <laughs> Quickly stop and pull it out. Most, it luckily didn't burn too much. So now, now her reading log looks like a super cool like pirate's map. <laughs> and and again, this is this was a week ago. So this is you know not young Tom being dumb. It's like yeah, you know I, she always uses pen. Why did she use pencil? But pencil. that's right, electrically conductive. Yep, fire in my microwave. Fire bad. Fire, fire bad. is bad, but yeah. See, life is never, it's never boring yeah. when you're doing dumb stuff. Yeah. Well, be glad you weren't playing Elden Ring when that happened. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. And we also had to bail out the, we also, I think it's come up that we have seven guinea pigs at, at yeah. some point on the podcast. We also had to give them all bass this weekend. So it's like this construction line of washing <laughs> guinea pigs. And I think, I, I think I mentioned to you that I think one has an eating disorder because it is twice as fat as all the other ones. <laughs> It is like it is like Jabba the Hut, the guinea pig. You know, the other ones are all nor I'll call them normal size. I'm not sure what a healthy guinea pig should look like per se, but this one kind of wallows and James the guinea pig. <laughs> we call I don't know if you've seen the uh, uh, Madagascar movies. We call them Moto Moto after the uh, the the uh, the really big uh, hippopotamus character. So it's name so name so nice. You gotta say it twice. Twice. So, yep. Yep. So yeah, we call him Moto Moto. Is uh, the one guinea pig. Vincent, have you uh, seen the Madagascar movies? Do you un- do you get the Moto Moto reference? Kind of familiar. I, not enough to remember that specifically. Okay. He was like the really big hippo that all the other hippos liked, and he was very dumb. But his name was Moto Moto. Let's see if I can actually put it up in there. Yeah, I think good. when I start ringing up Moto Moto, probably at the end <laughs> yeah, of our Magic right. podcast and the tra- traditional Monday Night Magic sense. So, yeah, uh, join us next week. We've been pretty consistent. It's great having uh, Brent and Vincent join here. It's, it's fun. It's fun just to talk about magic. So uh, join us next week. Um, and I think once we hit 100 listeners, Brent, something was going to happen in your house, like some sort of gift or yeah. surprise or something. So, yeah, I want to get there because I want to hear about great yeah, Brent and his kids is doing Halo drugs in his house apparently to, to celebrate their hundred uh, hundred downloads. Pixie sticks galore! It'll happen. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I 
do you guys remember the urban legend of if you swallowed pop rocks, your stomach would explode because it happened to Mikey? Mikey from the Life Cereal, correct? That's yeah. who I have to specifically. Yep. Mikey from Life Cereal ate yep. pop rocks and he died yep. because his it stomach does. exploded. I mean, it's it's an urban legend. It doesn't happen. I that, I think all of us have done it at some point. That's the that's the it's, one minus of the internet is you, like in the eighties you you had urban legends. There was really no real good way to fact check anything. So it's no. like, yeah, Mikey died. Like how how would I how would I actually besides like investigative journalism at that point? Like how would I actually figure out if Mikey was still alive from the yep. life serial commercials? Yep. Uh, so yeah. All right, guys, join us next week. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs>